what's new as home is teetering on the edge of radioactive oblivion. A 300,000 degree baptism by nuclear fire. I'm not sorry. We had it coming. A surge of white hot atonement will be our wake up call. Hope for our future is now a stillborn dream. The bombs begin to fall and I'm rushing to meet my love. Please remember me. There is nothing. Let's get the show on the road. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Apocalypse Life podcast. Appreciate you guys returning. If you're brand new to the show, I appreciate you guys clicking on us, of course. Um, I got a couple good things to jump into today. Fun stuff. Um, Of course, we're going to do some uh, woke ideology today. A little bit of nonsense, which is the, the best. I mean... It's never ending, this this woke ideology, how it infects everything we do in today's society. And uh, today I'm going to talk mostly corporations going woke, which you see a lot, especially nowadays. I mean, it's a giant domino effect. Companies one after another. I guess we got to go woke. When we get we got to go woker now. Now we gotta, you know, it, it never ends. Outdoing one another with the wokeness but before. Before we shift gears into, uh, which I'm super excited, by the way, I get really excited when we do woke stuff on the podcast. I get gets me really jittery, or maybe it's the coffee. You think it's the coffee? I've switched my coffee to um, a new kind. I'm a dark roast guy, and I switched to Death Wish coffee. No sponsor or anything. I just. Uh, it looked good. It looked like something that would fucking amp you up in the morning, and that's exactly what I'm looking for. I mean, it's good, so maybe that's it. Maybe I got the shakes because of that. It means on the podcast, I'll probably be a babbling retard today. Sorry, YouTube, for saying retard, um, which that's exactly what I'm going to jump into before I shift gears here towards some news and some woke stuff. It's going to be uh, bring you guys up to speed on... My battle with uh, YouTube right now. And I don't mean to be dramatic either. I'm very self-aware of the size of my podcast. And how silly it is that I'm actually having to go to battle with the likes of YouTube. However, if you've listened to the podcast previously, you know that they've constantly taken down my videos. Constantly flagged all my videos for uh, you know misinformation. Usually medical misinformation. Pretty much anytime I talk about COVID. Which sucks because uh, my COVID videos that I do on YouTube do fairly well. But every time I do it, they flag it, take it down. I got to send that little email to YouTube combating it or appealing it rather. Which I'm happy that they give the opportunity for you to do. If you're some kind of influencer or podcaster or talk show host, whatever the case may be, if you talk about something that YouTube deems medical misinformation, at least you can 
present your case, which is usually, hey, idiots, I'm fucking entertaining people. I'm not on Fox News or CNN. Nobody's coming to my show for factual, you know, it's strictly just opinion based, you know, how I feel about the situation, my take on the situation. So it's kind of silly. And they always put the video back up, but the flag never goes away. And once you get so many of these flags, your channel goes gone. It's bye. They take it right down, the whole channel. So it's kind of insane. But also, last podcast I uploaded got completely removed, which I don't really use YouTube. I upload the full podcast now on YouTube just for the fuck of it. It's easy. Um, Just a quick little video audio file. Um, And if people watch it, they watch it. If not, great. Uh, I'd prefer you go to Spotify or, you know, Apple Podcasts, check it out. Um, That's where most of my traffic comes from. So, you know, it is what it is. But I do use YouTube for, you know, smaller concentrated clips, things that I might want to put on a short form for people to check out. And to entice people to watch the show, that's really what I want to use YouTube for. And they constantly attack the videos. Now, that's not not the real point I'm going to get at here. We all know how that works. And again, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that they've been doing this to me for about a year. year and some change. So something new with, with the YouTube thing is I actually, uh, a friend of mine, um, I was talking to him about the YouTube issues. I was showing him the email they sent me about, you know, taking down my uh, video. And the interesting thing was he was like, well, you know, he got his phone out. He was like, well, pull your YouTube up. I want to subscribe to it. I want to check it out. You know, support his buddy. So I uh, searched the fucking show and nothing came up. I I looked extensively on his YouTube search. I had, I got a decent amount of subscribers, right? It's nothing huge, you know, for a growing show. It's not bad. But there were people in their search results popping up that had two, three subscribers, like four videos, complete nobodies. Not trying to be like a huge channel, just people with channels that that have a couple subscribers. I couldn't find my podcast anywhere on YouTube. So it appears that I have a bit of shadow banning going on, which I find odd. I didn't think that YouTube is spending their time and energy shadow banning channels as small as mine. You know, I thought they were focusing on the big boys, you know, the Steven Crowders, the, you know, bigger conservative fig, you know, faces. So I guess not. I guess I'm on that radar. So good luck finding my YouTube channel. And it's really a bummer that I can't, you know, they make it impossible for a fucking show to have any growth at all. I mean, I see enough growth on, you know, my podcast streaming sites and things like that. It's on about 15 different streaming sites. You can find the show. So it's, you know, there's some growth there, but YouTube's a big, big way to do that, man. Big way to grow quickly. So it's kind of a shame, but nevertheless, that's the update currently with YouTube. Um, so we can shift gears, jump into uh, talking about companies going woke, some of which you've most likely already heard. And it's quite interesting because if you know anything about like woke ideology, companies going woke, it's it's a real problem because, you know, they took out the obvious companies, right? 
the companies you kind of figured would go woke. Just off, just off the rip, the first couple companies had had to put their foot in, start this whole domino effect. But other companies have to outdo one another, right? And it's interesting because now they're coming for companies that could be associated with masculinity, which is really what they're after. Um, get everything as woke as possible, and I feel like the target now. Because it only so much. I mean, woke companies, so most of which masculine men don't give a shit about. Okay, they're they're supporting trans, whatever. Um, but now I think they've turned to going after companies that masculine men still hold near and dear. Um, alcohol companies. I'm waiting on them to attack tobacco companies too but we'll start with uh i'm sure everybody's already up to speed on it but the whole bud light thing so there's a trans activist um by the name dylan mulvaney and i guess bud light has signed some deal with this person this person's a transgender um, let's see, it's just Anheuser-Busch set so late when beer juggernaut Bud Light celebrated transgender activist Dylan Mulvaney's 365 days of girlhood. So I guess they're uh, celebrating that this person's been trans for an entire year. Why that has any kind of, why that holds any kind of weight, I, I have no idea. I mean, good for you. Most people don't give a shit. First of all, that you're trans. Second of all, you're acting like you're a year sober because you've been trans, which is insanity. It says uh, the trans activist revealed Saturday that the beer company sent packs of Bud Light featuring the influencer's face as a way to celebrate a full year of, quote, girlhood that Mulvaney recently reached. Says Mulvaney said that cans were her most prized possession on Instagram with a post featuring hashtag Bud Light Partner. Um, <laughs> a video featured uh, Mulvaney in a bathtub drinking a Bud Light beer as part of a campaign. Well, that's what we need. This is an awkward looking, like, I don't understand what the point of this is. As the announcement was met with significant backlash, obviously. From some Twitter users describing the ad campaign as the latest attempt to push uh, gender propaganda, many people mocked Bud Light over the partnership and even wondered if it was some of uh, it was some sort of April Fool's prank. Conservative singer Kid Rock used several Bud Light cases for target practice in a viral video. Um, I guess he was shooting at them, um, blowing them up. That'd be pretty fun. Um, and there have, of course, been calls for boycott. Which, if you know anything about me, I'm not a huge fan of boycotting. It seems so dumb. Like people can't, people can't just live their life anymore now that and it's all about. Well, what outrage is there on uh, Twitter? You know who 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 are we boycotting now? It's a, it's kind of a fucking game for everybody, which I, I I'm not a I'm not a big fan of. Like if you want to not drink Bud Light, don't drink it. You shouldn't drink it anyways. Drink Miller Light if you're a man. And I tell you right now, the day they come for Miller Light. It's going to be a problem. Um, so competitive skateboarder Taylor Silverman 
um, had a quote with Fox News Digital, said, uh, I made a joke that Budweiser has confirmed something that I have suspected all along, that Bud Light is a beer made for men who identify as little girls. <laughs> yeah, or people, maybe people that don't want to get fat with a six-pack of beer. People always give me shit because I drink light beer. I'll drink any beer. I've tried most beers. But if I drink a fucking six-pack of, uh, you know, I can kill a 12-pack of light beer. If I even get close to a six-pack of a uh, darker beer, Budweiser, Yingling. I mean, dude, I'm my stomach feels like it's going to explode. Um, see... I guess Silverman has been outspoken regarding the transgender community since the transgender woman edged her out of a $5,000 first place prize in the 2021 Red Bull Cornerstone event. So is this a, is Dylan Mulvaney a skateboarder? Is that what this is? Um, Silver, Silverman blasted Bud Light's promotion as a quote, attempt to woke virtue signaling. Attempt at woke virtue signaling. All these fucking terms, dude. I Like keeping up with all of the woke terminologies, it's insanity. Um, Dylan Mulvaney has consistently and continuously made a mockery of woman and claims to identify as a girl. This is what Silverman said. It's disappointing to see someone making a mockery of females be applauded for it, but there is good news, and that is that we vote with our dollar every single day. When companies make it clear that they don't share our value of respecting women... The best way to handle that is to no longer financially support them by purchasing their products and turn to alternatives. Understandably. Um, this Dylan Mulvaney dude chick is so weird looking. It's such an odd concept, isn't it? I'm not really... You know, I knew about transgender people when I was younger and growing up. And, you know, of course, we refer to them as transvestites. He, she's things like uh, things that are now deemed like, you know, uh, bad words, um, demeaning, offensive. It's, everything's offensive. And, you know, he, she, I understand like you don't that was always kind of used as like a, a goof, a joke. But I mean, trans, tranny, tranny's bad, which I mean, the word tranny being looked at as uh, an offensive term. Part of me wants to understand it, but most of me is like, you know, that was just a word. It's almost like the word midget. What about the word midget is is offensive? It was just a word used for little people. Little people seems a little bit more to the point. <laughs> like, look, he's a little person. No shit. Can we come up with a word like midget? It, it doesn't even, you know, midget sounds good. It rolls off the tongue. You know, you take the N-word, for example. That's a word where you kind of understand, not kind of, you understand why that word would, would need to be buried, which, again, black culture pretty much makes that nearly impossible with rap music. You can't put an A on the end of the word and then change how everyone looks at it. I know I sound like a 50-year-old man when I say that, and I like rap music, you know, enough to understand why they do it, but you can't have a fucking double standard, man. So I don't understand how they're deeming a lot of these other words. Point I'm making is that I understand why that word is. That word has a history, a really dark, nasty history. These words don't. The word midget doesn't have a, a nasty history. The word tranny. Oh, you can make the argument that 
you know, it was only used to look down upon trans people. Well, the word trans people is going to be used to look down on trans people by the people who look down on them. The word changing does not change the like ideology of these people. And I don't really give a shit if you want to be trans. That's the, that's the main underlying thing here. It doesn't matter what you want to do. As an adult, it's, it's, we give an inch, they take a mile. I've said that before. And it's always like that with, you know, these companies, these corporations, these organizations. But ultimately, it doesn't matter what you want to do as an adult. I think it, I think it becomes a problem when you start to force it upon younger children, kids under 18. I think that's a pretty reasonable stance a lot of people have myself included, and uh, I think it kind of ties into the sexualization of children, which we'll get to a little later in the, in the program, but no one really cares, right? No one really cares that you're transgender, um, and of course, they posted some pictures celebrating uh, Dylan Holvaney's 365 days of girlhood, which is insane. We don't get to look at things like that anymore and point out how fucking silly it is. I'm going to do that. It's silly, um, and I'll say it too. Transgender people look fucking weird, man. They look weird. I'm not saying they all do, but every time you see a picture of some transgender person famous, I mean, you can just see it. You can paint yourself up like a girl all you want. You can take the hormone blockers. You can put the makeup on and get, grow some tits. You can lop your, sh- your your dick and balls off. That's, whatever you want to do, but... Like, I'm looking at this picture right now, and if you want to look it up, it's the famous picture that was on Instagram recently of this Dylan Mulvaney character sitting in some black dress, um, drinking some Bud Lights, and it's like, look at the arms. You know, when I put the clip up on YouTube, I'll post the picture with it, but look at the, look at the arms. Like, it, those, are, those are male arms. That's the thing. You know, I got a story that I'm going to get to about Caitlyn Jenner, who, you know, is on the side that I happen to fall on with this stuff, which is kind of crazy. But in the picture of her, like you can, you see an old man's arms with a face just painted like a chick. Some people got to stand up. I'm not saying make us, you know, make a stand and protest. And, you know, I'm not interested in all that, but somebody's got to say it right. They, they look weird. They don't look like regular women or men if the other way especially women trying to be men it's kind of strange but dudes trying to be women i think it's the thing i find the weirdest of all of this um because it doesn't it's not you're not selling anyone on it even if you're like a feminine dude right we got feminine qualities and you dress up like a chick and go through all the stuff you still don't you still don't really uh, look like a woman. Like, you're not selling anybody with a brain. You might sell it to a bunch of crazy, whacked-out, woke people with short purple hair who just want all kids to have fucking drag shows at their school instead of teaching them, you know, how to play dodgeball and be kids. I think that's what bothers me the most about the kids thing is we're not allowing them to be kids, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm not going to skip ahead to that just yet uh 
what else on this? Of course, others celebrated the uh, decision by Anheuser-Busch to do this, which is typical. Says one of Bud Light's supporters is Brian Kramer, an award-winning influencer and brand marketing guru who believes the transgender community is marginalized and Mulvaney is the ideal person to lead a national conversation. I don't know what that means. The quote is, uh, she fits the mold. And if you're looking at a marginalized community, the trans world is the community that is getting hit. So as a brand, and lots of brands are trying to approach this, I would approach it the same way. As an influencer marketing campaign, sending out something personalized and creating something that creates connection. Kramer said to Fox News Digital. I think it's a win for Bud Light, and I think it's a win for other brands. How is it a win? Because we know what's going to happen with this, right? Same thing that happens with every company that goes woke. You know, there's the old saying, well, not old, somewhat old saying, uh, go, you know, if companies go woke, they go broke. There's a lot to that. Because I think most, you know, most Americans don't really buy into this woke shit. I think it kind of seems like it's way more popular than it is because of social media, because of Twitter. That's the world. That that's that is how we think the world is, right? We, we've our minds have been molded to think that everything we see on Twitter, everything that dominates social media, which is super left wing, you, you gotta understand that. Like conservative values do not dominate social media. It's left left wing ideology dominates it so we see that every day and and get this misconception that the world is actually molded to be like that when in in reality in my opinion it's not i don't believe that the world actually buys this shit most everyone i talk to understands how insane this all is so they say it's a win for the company we know how this is going to go for the company People are going to boycott Bud Light, whether it's a lot of people or some people, but people in general are going to, even if it's just, you know, hardcore right wing Trumpers, they're going to boycott it. And whether, whether or not you're willing to admit it, you're going to lose a lot of sales. You're going to lose a lot in stock, most likely. And whether, you know, the problem with the ideology is it's so important that it's like, you know, it it's it's the cost of being woke. It's the cost of sharing this with the world, sharing transgender ideology with the world, as if that's going to be some huge payoff. Not to mention, I mean, how many people were trans as a kid and grew up and either killed themselves, which is a huge issue, or which is sad, or they, you know, severely regret their decision to to transition and for a lot of them it's almost kind of too late now how do you think though you know what i mean so like some of the trans people are gonna even boycott this shit in my opinion let's see anything else on this this kramer guy's a fucking idiot he said chick-fil-a took a stance as well and i've got to say that their brand is standing up just fine Brands can take a stance on certain things. They can have polarizing issues, and yet they still remain standing. Yeah, but it's not the point for a business to... It's not the goal for a business to remain standing. 
it's a goal for a business to thrive. And in my opinion, if you're going to thrive as a business, you should probably avoid having a stance on these topics. Like if I had a business the size of Chick-fil-A, I would not be taking stances on anything of this magnitude. Or frankly, anything at all, except our food, customer service, you know, things that actually drive a business like Chick-fil-A. And don't get me wrong, Chick-fil-A is doing just fine. I work, you know, my career is in the restaurant business. I see how these QSR brands are doing. Chick-fil-A is doing really well, obviously. But I think it's funny that you're going to use Chick-fil-A as the example. I'm going to say the obvious point out the elephant in the room if you're going to talk about Chick-fil-A. Um, they you know, they took a stand for transgender stuff. Was it wasn't 2 3 years ago that they were they took a stand against gay people because they're a Christian ba- uh, brand. Like <laughs> that's the hypocrisy that you see with this kind of stances with transgender stuff, any of the woke ideology from the left. It's a constant hypocrisy um now all of a sudden it's just like you know now the sudden chick-fil-a is you know well we stand with trans people it's just like something like joe biden having clips of joe biden saying he would never vote for gay marriage but now all of a sudden in today's woke playing field it's okay that joe biden's like i'm totally for it and everyone's like yay he's for it Yet, at the same time, you're canceling people in comedy and entertainment who, because they said off-color things 10, 15 fucking years ago. It's just hypocrisy across the board. It doesn't work. It's not, it's not sustainable. If you look at this left-wing ideology, I'm going to call it that, but we know it's a little more than that. If we look at that as a business model, it's not sustainable. Period. There's so many holes in the logic. And again, the hypocrisy is so huge, you can just see right through it. It's so transparent. Let's see. Another brand. Yeah, another brand to fall for uh, this dog shit is uh, one of my favorites. And I'm, I'm really... Again, I know they're, I said that they're kind of going to shift their attack towards masculine brands, which... I guess eventually was inevitable. Attack us where it hurts. <laughs> and uh, that would be Jack Daniels. One of, one of the best whiskeys on the planet. And it's one of my favorites. And uh, now Jack Daniels is facing boycott calls. Uh, LGBT campaign. Uh, lost a loyal drinker. Let's see. It says first it was Hershey's, which we... Should be aware of that one. That's an older one. Then it was Bud Light, of course, as we covered. And now Jack Daniels is the latest brand this year to be facing a boycott claim over claims the company has gone woke. Again, it doesn't work. Companies aren't learning their lesson. Social media users have taken offense to the whiskey brewers, quote, small town big pride campaign. Um, in which it teamed up with drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race, despite the campaign being nearly two years old. The row over LGBTQ+, so silly, 
They're just gonna keep adding shit, but America's so late. Like in Canada, excuse me. In Canada, it's got like it's like LGBTQIW plus. There's a two in there. America's so lazy. We're just like, what is that's how you know it's bullshit. Because they, they're like, yeah, yeah, we respect all of these letters. But it's getting exhausting. So we're just going to put a plus. I'm surprised that we didn't just put etc. Yeah, LGBTQR, etc, etc. So to the row over LGBTQ plus brand ambassadors is symbolic of a wider debate about drag shows and their exposure to children. Again, we're going to get to that. Uh, critics have expressed concerns over Drag Queen Story Hour, which is a, uh, well, it says readings for children by drag performers at libraries, which is insane. If you guys, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the, like, clips or footage of the Drag Queen Story Hour, uh, people like Alex Jones have been clamoring about this for, for going on three, four years now. It's insane. I mean, in the video, you... You know, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a story time at libraries. Even I've seen some at elementary schools. You know, second and third grade kids all sitting there, you know, sitting on the laps of these fucking drag weirdos. It's just a bunch of grown men dressed up as women getting to touch your children. I would kill one of them. I'd punch one of them right in the face if my kid sat on the laps of one of these psychopaths. And the reason why it was so controversial is because... Um, a lot of these, it came out that a lot of these uh, drag queens that were doing the story hour were actually convicted pedophiles. So these woke-ass parents are just letting their kids sit on the laps of convicted felons and convicted pedophiles who got released from these liberal cities where they're not, you know, crime doesn't even matter. Unless you were at the Capitol on January 6th, you don't have to be in jail. So you're sitting, your kid's sitting on the laps of these convicted pedophiles. And, and explain to me how that is progressive. Explain to me how this is a good thing. Says, uh, Tennessee, Jack Daniels' home state, was the first to pass a drag show ban in the presence of children over concerns about their sexualized content. Well done, Tennessee. Let's give Tennessee a round of applause. Good job, Tennessee. One of the few states that still has a fucking brain. The law has since been temporarily blocked by a federal judge, of course, because it's mean. Jack Daniels said in June 2021 that it had teamed up with the three drag queens from the hit TV show to produce a series of videos called Drag Queen Summer Glamp, which was released during Pride Month. <coughs> ah, I'm dying. Um, it features the participants completing challenges around the company's Lynchburg, Tennessee distillery. Oh, good. Here's a picture of the three drag queens. It's the goofiest fucking thing. It's just Halloween year round. Adults just want to dress up. That's all it is. They just want to dress up and play. They, they're they're an, a six-year-old kid who wants to wear mommy's heels. And thanks to our newly design society it's okay it's actually it's worshipped celebrated these people have mental disorders in my opinion it started it's insane because this all started with gay marriage right 
Is it okay for gay people to get married and be happy? I'm a conservative, of course, but do I have a problem with that? No, of course not. You know, if you if you're really that bent out of shape because gay people can get married, you know, you, uh, you maybe you're scared you're gay. I don't know. Maybe you're scared. What did Joe Rogan say? His old stand up. He said if you're if you're homophobic, maybe you're just scared that you find dicks delicious. And that's the best way to put it. I mean, but from there, it just was like you know us you know gay people being married is not good enough. We want it in your face. We want you to celebrate us. I don't know why. Why you need to be celebrated. You're, you should have equal rights as the rest of us. Are you celebrating the rest of us? Straight men? Cisgender men? Of course you're not. Because we don't matter. Says the uh, the whiskey maker said at the time that it was, quote, a bold new experience. So see how brave they are. Bold and brave for putting fucking cross-dressers in their videos. For Jack Daniels. It was a bold new experience for both the queens and their hosts. You know, when I was growing up, Queens was, a queen was an old, old gay man who never found love. It's the saddest thing. <laughs> While Lauren Richmond, their brand manager for Jack Daniels Tennessee Fire, noted, oh, that's what it is, Tennessee Fire. See, only fucking, only drags drink that shit. Grown men don't drink that. Noted the campaign's reaffirms our reaffirms our commitment to the LGBTQ, et cetera, et cetera, community, despite being a, quote, unexpected partnership. Jack Daniels gets drag culture. It understands it, which is all about celebrating individuality and inviting others to accept you as you are. That is, a, this is how pride should be celebrated with friends, new and old, in a place you would never expect. But why, why is it, now listen, I completely understand wanting to celebrate individuality. I'm a big fan of individuality. But there's so many other ways to to celebrate the individual, right? One thing I don't like about today's society and today's culture is the lack of individuality. So if you want to pull that card, well, if you're such an individual, how come... It, 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 it's so trendy to do what you're doing. If something is, if something you're doing is so trendy, you're not an individual. You're a pawn. You're a sheep. You you do as you're told. You see on Twitter, monkey see, monkey do. Oh, this is cool. I'm gonna do that. Oh, these clothing, it's being talked about. I'm gonna wear that. These goofy fucking shoes coming out now. Oh, those are those are trending. I'm gonna buy those. I'm gonna watch this. I'm gonna listen to that. I'm gonna be. A part of this because it's trendy. I'm going to vote for this person because it's trendy. That's where I think the danger is. Being trendy is not cool, which is the irony. Right? What used to make humans interesting before social media just dominated the globe was they were individuals. You didn't really know what was trendy. You just kind of took risks and did what you wanted, what you were interested in, you watched, listened, wore what you were interested in, and you kind of just saw how it worked in social settings. You made some adjustments, and you took, again, you took some risk. Being a transgender now in society in 2023 is not a fucking risk. It's trendy, and it's super trendy for these parents to have trans kids. They're delusional. 
and they're terrible parents. But that's really what it boils down to is trends. Oh, the, oh my God, look at me. My kid's trans. He's eight years old. Look at my five-year-old, you know, he, she, us, them is trans. You know, ask his gender. I think it was a story uh, my fiance showed me yesterday. Um, she's a big fan of the store, the beauty store, Ulta. She showed me a story that Ulta's getting new name tags. And the name tag's going to have their name, their position, and then at the very bottom, their pronoun. <laughs> As if that's needed. Who's asking for this? I've been to that store. She'll drag me down there while she shops for her fucking beauty supplies. I hate it. But people are in there buying stuff. They're checking out and they're leaving. Nobody, I've not seen anybody go up there. Hey, where's your, uh, where's your hair dryers at? Uh, excuse me. Uh, what, would, what is your pronoun? I don't want to be rude. Nobody wants that. It's unnecessary. It's an unnecessary push of, again, woke bullshit. So Jack Daniels has fallen. I guess people are wanting to boycott that. Which I feel like is just as easy as boycotting Bud Light. I mean, you want to boycott Bud Light, there's a bunch of other light beers that are great. You want to boycott Jack Daniels, there's other whiskeys okay, that are just as good. Problem is when they come for all of them. So, uh, that's that. Um, I guess, what else woke shit are we going to talk about? There's so much. Um, I, Nike, we could go ahead and hit Nike, which is obvious. Of course, they're going to, uh, of course, they're going to go woke. We all, they've been woke for years, which is, Nike's one of those companies that really enrages me. When I see them being woke because of their ties with, with communist China and, and then the death camps with the Uyghurs, which I've talked about plenty of times, um, you know, Nike and Apple having, uh, having, sh uh, like, like warehouses with slave labor of underage kids and, and there's all sorts of fucked up stuff with, with China and Nike and Apple. So to see Nike and LeBron James and all these woke figures, it, it's so stupid. Um, Blake Enter blasts, uh, quote, woke Nike for making transgender Dylan Mulvaney paid ambassador. Caitlyn Jenner said this is an outrage. Because everything's an outrage. And this is the picture of Caitlyn Jenner I was talking about. Um, feel free to look that story up. It's Caitlyn Jenner like a, speaking at some rally, I don't know. And uh, you've got, she just, you know, I, I agree with Caitlyn Jenner a lot on her ideologies that, you know, happen to fall in line. I think it's cool that, you know, she was one of the first public transgender people and uh, didn't go all the way with it. Like, she did the thing, she transitioned, it's fine, um, but, but didn't lose sight of, like, reality and logic. Like, going back to what I said, if you want to be transgender as an adult, do what the fuck you want. I, I don't care. I'm more of a libertarian in that sense. I'm going to make fun of you, but I should be allowed to, just like you should be allowed to do what you want. 
I also want to do what I want. I'm not going to hurt you. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to attack you, but I'm going to talk a little shit. Um, and I mean, this, this fucking picture of her is just atrocious. That is the arm and hand of a man. That is fingers of a man. It's gross. But let's see what she had to say. Caitlyn Jenner's, uh, Jenner launched the PAC this week to quote, fight the radical gender ideology, but parents' rights put parent parents' rights at the forefront of education and keep boys out of women's sports. Amen. After it was revealed that transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney is a paid ambassador by Nike, Caitlyn Jenner tweeted her frustrations because that's what we do. We go to Twitter. Uh, where's the quote? I know there's a quote. As someone that grew up in awe of what Phil Knight did, it is a shame to see such an iconic American company go so woke. We can be inclusive, but not at the expenses of the mass majority of people and have some decency while being inclusive. This is an outrage. This is what she uh, tweeted there. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, the differences between men and women are real and a good thing. It does see. I agree with that, and that's what I, that's kind of my stance on uh, sports. Right, the big topic past couple years has been uh, trans people in sports, and I don't agree with it. I think men and women's sports should be separate. Um, you know, my girl said something. We were watching uh, the national championship of uh, women's basketball the other day. And I just wasn't interested in it because I'm not that interested in women's sports. I'm just not. Uh, you know, sue me. But she was she was going on and on about this one player on the LSU team. And uh, she was talking in an interview about how she wants to prove herself in a male-dominated sport. And I had to cut off my girl. I was like, listen, this is not basketball is not a male-dominated sport. She was like, how? It's always men playing it. And I was like, of course, because it's a male sport. This is a sport that men play. Women decided one day, we want to play. Okay, you get your own league. You have no business playing men. But they found the transgender loophole, you see. And it starts at smaller sports where it's easier to fit in, like swimming, weightlifting, things like that. Pump all these hormones I'm a man now. Well, or the, the reversal is the worst. Oh, I'm a man, but now I'm a woman, and I'm going to dominate all women at a sport. That's a man who can't compete against other men, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transition. You, you don't even have to cut anything off. No surgeries. You just have to turn into a woman. Today, all you have to do is say, I'm a woman. I feel like a woman. You have, you have to acknowledge that I'm a woman. So if you want to be equal... You have to let me perform in women's sports, which is super disrespectful to women, you know, and I'm not going to be the guy, the white knight. Oh, we got to protect women. Women are fine. I think women get more shit and more negativity in society out of this transgender bullshit. You can't have a guy dress up as a woman and just dominate women in sports and, and praise that person. You can't do it. It makes no logical sense. That That is completely destroying all of the women equality movements and 
women's rights even. I think women should be able to perform in their own leagues and any sport men want to. Except maybe football. Not because I think they can't do it. I just think they shouldn't do it. The amount of concussions and football is kind of a dumb sport. You know, I watch it, I love it, but I think even for men, it's kind of stupid. So if, if you're a woman and you're like, we should play football, well, just not that you can't, maybe you shouldn't, I don't know. Your body structures aren't the same. Don't kill yourselves just to be equal. There's nothing wrong with being women. Matter of fact, we like women. That's kind of the point of all this. Point of life. We really like you guys, and if we fuck, we can make more people. So Caitlyn Jenner's pissed about it. This Mulvaney person's really causing a lot of shit. They're supposed to be... So what was the thing with Nike anyways? It was, uh... Oh, yeah. So Jenner's tweet was in response to another post that highlighted Nike signing Mulvaney, but criticized the corporation for cutting track star Allison Felix's original deal by 70% after she got pregnant. Fascinating. Fascinating. Drama. Mulvaney, who just, uh who just had her face added to honorary cans of Bud Light, like we talked about, uh, shared several Instagram posts that doubled as ads for Nike's latest female sportswear Wednesday. Is there a picture of this? I'm going to picture of her and some Nike shit. I'm sure it'll be nice and creepy. I guess not. So I guess she's wearing, uh, wearing women's Nike stuff, probably tights. That's fascinating. Well, it's good to see Caitlyn Jenner's actually speaking out again. You can always count on uh, the leading trans woman to come out and shit on the whole organization. Uh, let's see. Where else? Where else? Where else? We're talking about sexualizing children. No reason why we can't jump in there and talk about that. Uh, was it Sarah Sanders? Yeah, Sarah Sanders. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, hits back after Kareem Jean Pierre the White House press secretary says a child and parents should decide on trans surgeries. This is my favorite. I, I love this. Uh, Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders responded Thursday after White House press secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre voiced a, uh, opposition to states passing legislation against child gender affirming surgeries and hormone therapies. It's an odd thing to have to protest, but whatever. Sanders, who was a White House press secretary for President Trump in 2017, uh, joined the Faulkner Focus on Fox News to discuss how her state is fighting to protect kids and empower parents. She said, uh, we certainly cannot expect uh, anything meaningful in this space to come out of Washington. And it's why I think you're seeing so many Republican governors step up and pass legislation that does not ex that does exactly that. It protects kids. It bans some of these permanent life-altering surgeries and makes sure we're putting the focus on our children and empowering parents to make the best decisions possible. Uh, so what did, what did the press secretary say? That's what I want to know. Um, we could play a video, I guess. There should be a video here. It'll load. I just want to hear what the press secretary uh, has to say. She always has the best takes on things, doesn't she? Just in time for Peter Ducey to come in and shut it down. If you don't watch the press secretary uh, talk whenever she's getting questions, especially from Peter Ducey from Fox News, you should. 
doing yourself a disservice. Uh, I don't know about this fucking video. It says, I think there's a quote. Yeah. The parents have to be involved and not just involved, but they have to be the decision maker. That's their responsibility. That's their role in trying to come back. Okay, yeah, so that's what uh, Sarah Sanders said. It says, during the press conference, Washington Examiner writer Philip Wegman asked Jean-Pierre about President Biden's position on puberty blockers and gender transition surgeries for minors after Indiana recently passed a law banning both procedures. She said, today, Indiana just banned puberty blockers, hormone therapies, and transgender uh, transition surgeries for minors. I'm wondering what the president. Oh, this is okay. I'm wondering what the president's reaction is. This is his question. Blah blah blah. That's something for a child and their parents to decide. It's not something we believe should be decided by legislators. So I'll leave it there. I agree. It shouldn't have to be decided by legislators, but we really are running out of options. Apparently, leaving up leaving it up to people. You know you, what you've done is you you've brainwashed an entire generation of parents. And now they're delusional and believe that it's okay to give your eight-year-old hormone blockers and give them these insane surgeries with their quote-unquote consent, the child's consent, the child who doesn't know what the fuck they want, a child that's interested in Legos, dinosaurs, toys, Star Wars, Marvel movies. You want them to decide whether they want to be a man or a woman the rest of their life. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be decided by legislature. I, I don't like the government intervening with anything like that. But we're at a point now where they're having to do that. They're have You've pushed us to, to make these rash decisions. That's the thing I find the most disturbing. Um, so it's insane. And I already kind of talked about uh, how I feel about child transgender kids, which, you know, that take gets people canceled, which I find insane. But it is what it is. That's just how you feel. Um, let's shift gears to CNN. Um, talk about a little thing called digital blackface. I mean, this is uh, this is the most insane. Uh, I think of all of this so far, and this is the newest thing. I guess this isn't new. It's new to me. Um, let's just, let's just read the story. It says, if you're still not sure how to define digital blackface, Jackson offers a guide. She says it quote, includes, includes displays of emotion stereotyped as excessive. So happy, so sassy, so ghetto, so loud. Our dial is on 10 all the time. Rarely are black characters afforded subtle traits or feelings. So stupid. Are we going to continue to let all black people in the public eye play the fucking victim? I'll say it. I mean, and I'm not talking about regular black people, regular everyday black people. I'm just not talking about them. It's these black people in 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 public spaces are constantly the victims, and, and guilty white people who probably are actually racist deep down are overcompensating for their minor racism that they might feel or even misinterpret. They might have a thought and go, holy shit, I'm racist. I have to do something. Let's make black people, let's worship them. We treat black people like they're fucking idiots. And that's the most racist thing anyone can do. 
This says why digital blackface is wrong. Some may say posting a video of Sweet Brown saying, oh, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. It's just for laughs. Why overthink it? Why give people yet another excuse for labeling white people racist for the most innocu- innocuous behaviors? You just answered my own question. Um, but critics say digital blackface is wrong because it's a modern day repackaging of minstrel shows. That's insane. That's a big leap. A racist form of entertainment popular in the 19th century. That's when white actors' faces darkened with burnt cork, the original blackface, entertained audiences by playing black characters as bumbling, happy-go-lucky simpletons. That practice continued in the 20th century on hit radio shows such as Amos and Andy. Let's see, let's see. Historical blackface has never truly ended, and Americans have yet to actively confront their racist past to this day. Again, the guilty white people. Um, in fact, minstrel blackface has emerged into even more subtle forms of racism that are now glorified all over the internet. Please prove this. Wong says, whoever Wong is, oh, Aaron Wong, she writes for an academic paper on the topic. Uh, Wong says that digital blackface is wrong because it culturally appropriates the language and expressions of black people for entertainment while dismissing the severity of everyday instances of racism black people encounter, such as police brutality, job discrimination, educational inequality. I just, I'm not, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying the, the huge statements these people make, man. What do you mean, these people? These fucking not black writers and not black people that have these crazy takes. Like, you want me to sit here and, and, you know, look at the way they word this shit. The severity of everyday instances of racism. Everyday instances. I know a lot of black people, believe it or not. And they, none of them experience racism Every, I'm not saying they never experience it, but every day, such police police brutality, which on the scale, you know, it, it, again, it depends. Sorry, it depends how the internet paints the picture, right? They can paint it however they want. To why it's a narrative. Does police brutality against minorities happen? Of course, also happens against white people. You can find video of any of these things, any of these instances, but whatever is being put in front of you, again, is how the narrative's being painted. That's pretty simple. Anyone can agree on that. And no, police brutality against black people or minorities in general, which I don't know how much longer we're going to go on calling black people minorities, but it isn't an everyday occurrence. It's just not. Uh, Job discrimination, again, not buying it. I work in the restaurant business. I hire black people. I don't look at skin color when I'm when I'm looking for qualified workers. Anyone can do the job. Black, white, Asian, Latino, it doesn't matter. Anybody can do the job. It's just whether or not you're willing or you're qualified. Period. Welcome to the world. I've never I've never seen or heard anybody get fired or not hired cuz they're black. Point blank. I had a girl tell me that she was fired from her previous job because uh, they didn't want black people working there. 
Okay, fine. I'll, I'll take that. Um, the more I worked with this individual, I figured out, hey, maybe it wasn't because you're black. Maybe it's because you're fucking lazy. You ever think of that? Oh, I'm, what am I lazy because I'm black? No, you're just lazy because you're fucking lazy. You're a lazy person. I don't care what you look like. Lazy. If you're white, I'd say the same thing. Educational inequality or inequity. Sorry. I don't really know. Again, you're getting into the college levels. Uh, racism. I don't, you know, I don't care about that. That's that's up to the universities who are all super woke now. So I don't know who where this is coming from. It says defining uh, digital blackface isn't easy. And trying to define digital blackface depends on who you talk to, which means it's bullshit. Uh, The standard for some is comparable to what one Supreme Court justice once said when asked his test. What? Ask his test for pornography. Quote, I know it when I see it. I don't know what that means. The guidance might help if a white person shares or this guidance, if a white person shares an image online that perpetuates stereotypes of black people as loud, dumb, hyper-violent, or hypersexual, they've entered digital blackface territory. They probably should come up with another name for this, because I don't see the correlation. I see what they're talking about, but I don't see the correlation. And by the way, memes and things like that are, are typically what they're talking about. It says black people being loud. Black people are loud. Welcome to reality. Not all black people are loud. A lot of black people are loud. Why is that immediately deemed as negative? Right? I have a lot of black friends that are loud. They're very loud. But it makes them funny. They're fun to be around. They're super animated. Especially when they tell stories or, you know, are making jokes. It's super funny. Black comedians, same thing. All black, most black comedians are super loud, in your face, that's their style, it's funny. It's not always a bad thing, if you're at the movie theaters, <laughs> that's a different story. Um, dumb, I don't, I don't really, I don't see much, you know, there, there's, there's memes and funny pictures, you know, showing white people as being stupid too, I mean, this is not just you. So is it white, is it digital white face too? I mean, what the fuck are we doing here? Hyper-violent? I don't really, or hypersexual. I mean, what what is this? I need an example of those two. I mean, black people can be violent. So can white people. I mean, there's a huge, you look at crime statistics. I mean, in black communities, it's really high. But it usually ties into some, you know, gang organization. Or things. You know, it's not just black people as a whole. I do think it's racist. Just go, black people are violent. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're referring to like digital blackface or, you know, again, you're trying to micromanage the way everybody thinks, the way everybody finds humor in things. I mean, you're allowed to make fun of white people for anything. Um, let's see. Like the meme. So they're coming at the meme. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> um, apparently that's bad. Let's see, this dude, Halford. Who's Halford? I don't know who he is, but apparently he wrote, I've engaged in digital blackface. I've laughed at people of color on the news facing horrifying crime 
and disaster and lost. I've appropriated black trauma as punchlines and peeled their faces off to put on my own and say what I can't say. Sorry, I'm, I'm reading slow because I'm, I'm, this is a crazy. This is crazy. What I just read is fucking crazy. I've laughed at people of color on the news facing horrifying crime. No, because horrifying things happen and I'm getting mad. Horrifying things happen and fucking news organizations, camera crews find the dumbest fucking people, white or black, to interview. Of of everybody that witnessed a crime or a disaster or something horrible, they find the one... You should blame the fucking people at the news for that. Because they pick up... They see that fucking girl, that little black girl that was there. Man, I don't told you. Goddamn, fucking, you gotta seen it, man. The news would grab them like vultures. Or white people. Find the one white dude. The, the but Man, I told you. I seen the whole thing went down, man. It was fucking crazy. They will grab those people for the interview and put them on fucking TV. And the rest of the world takes it and has a little fun with it. Big deal. Big fucking deal. I'm not putting anybody's face on mine. It's funny. I'm sharing it. And this girl, Elizabeth Halford, is a fucking clown, dude. That's white guilt. She's fucking got racism deep down inside of her. And she has to overcompensate. Make sure all the black people doesn't think she's a bad girl. Fuck you. That's insane. Halford tells CNN she was bothered that she overlooked the context of Sweet Brown's interview. The woman had just experienced a tragedy. You're a whiny wuss. Whiny wuss, dude. That's where that's where my problem is. That's where we've come to. Just being whiny wussies. I think we should get back to saying that. Sissies. But we are sissies. Everybody. It's sad. Oh, yeah. Heartburn. Killing me. It's all this woke shit. It's under my skin. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for uh, joining me today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I appreciate it. Again, if you're new to this uh, program, make sure you... Subscribe on the YouTube channel if you can find it. Make sure you go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave us a nice five-star review on Apple. That'd be nice. The more numbers I get, the more I'll do. Um, Again, thanks for checking it out. Um, Anything else? Anything else? That might be it. You can get the podcast anywhere. Share it with your friends. Um, Please don't share it with your woke friends. This isn't, this isn't a show for them. Um, and I appreciate everybody for uh, the support recently. It means a lot. And uh, I will see you guys soon. Thank you.